AIDS can have this large external impact on everyone around them and the world, but internally can feel so small. Like being touched by anything out there is not even something I'm aware of. Like everyone needs something from me, but I don't need anything from anyone. Eight is dissociating to reject, to stay separate. And so there's this underlying separateness theme happening that really gets overlooked in the popular understandings of eight. I don't think people really fully understand how separate eights can feel, even from themselves. The big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self-president of Five Wing 458 Trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-president sexual 9 with 1974 Trifix. What up, it's Emika. I'm an 8 Wing 7, sexual self-president with 854 Fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-president social 3 Wing 4 with a six nine trifix if you like our podcast guys make sure you go like and subscribe on the apple podcast app and if you really like us you should definitely leave us a review yeah i uh, recently posted two different memes like one today that actually got the account shut down shut down for a while um you know this happened so it'll come back i think but that was like you know this guy will die for my homies or something and it's like these eights, like, and I said, this is social six, and these these guys who are sixes, sixes came in cl- clearly sixes, being like, no, that's eight. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, you that no, you're not. So yeah, I want to get into that, and then what was the other one? I oh, the, the other one, one you posted was uh, yeah, you know, it was like eights, a, un- protecting, protecting the underdog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not the kings of doing that. that <laughs> no, is, no, no, absolute bullshit. As a person with a mom, Susie. <laughs> Yeah. I call the biggest bullshit. Yeah, it's like as long as you're in line with what the eight wants to happen, and, and <laughs> right? They'll, they'll, you know, they'll fucking make sure that you're okay. But as soon as you fucking start going a different directions, I don't know you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's rejecting any like even like for a really unhealthy eight. Like, there's no, uh, there's no like plug. There's no connective tissue to like that nurturing function at all you know it's like because <laughs> that gets totally severed and there's no like adapting you know <laughs> like that's yeah. like the protecting the underdog it's like that concept of what the underdog is changes by context and situation you know mm-hmm. and that's a big part of it is like being able to sort of see uh and and like oneself in that position of mm-hmm. of weakness or vulnerability relative to some other order outside oneself oh yeah i was gonna say there's like a lack of like empathy and ability to connect to the actual quote-unquote underdog yes that's Mm -hmm. a that's a really good point it is that eights are assuming that everyone else is uh coming from at life the same way they are so it's hard for to to um identify or empathize with other people's um struggles (laughs) yeah it's like you know just fucking pick yourself up and do it and it's almost like i i if people someone can't do that it's like if i'm helping you it's sort of the to correct something that i think is wrong in terms of you should be standing on your own two feet uh and i can't it's hard for me to see uh that aspect of people that it's like oh you you just can't stand on your own like because it's just assume that that's just the way it is everyone is 
on their own, making their own path. So it's it's a, it's a weird thing, like, you know, protecting the underdog, that whole concept. It just does not fit that whole rejection stance. Hey, uh, I didn't know y'all were going to be triggering my mommy issues. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's get it. Let's cool. her. Cool. Oh, yeah. it's all, and it's also <laughs> assuming that everybody is a big animal. You know what I mean? That's like, you know, it's a fight. It's a combat or something. So it's even more rejection-y in that way that, you know, like anybody could turn on you like an animal or something. Yeah, everyone's capable. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the internal message. And the protective thing is a weird where it's coming from um, for A, because I don't, I never saw the protecting the underdog thing. Could never relate to, to that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. We are back in the uh, hormonal polycule. And we are taking a break from Xander and Courtney's uh, excellent insights into the lostness of attachment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next. It's making you lose yourself yeah, it's right now. Making me lose myself. Um, we'll be back with them next week. Uh, but uh, today we are tackling a long overdue issue that has plagued the Enneagram community uh, since these teachings became publicly available. So we are going to tackle the issue of eight and not an eight to go along with our not a four and our not a five. Um, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, okay, some plugs. David has his Trifix uh, guide, visual guide. I did an intro for it. Uh, we got some mail from uh, a listener who really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, people seem to really like it. It's very clarifying in terms of Trifix and stems and these things. Uh, so you can get that on Enneagrammer.com. Um, I have my book. Big, uh, not big one uh, what is it called? <laughs> Pixel Drives the what Enneagram. Is, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on uh, bookshop.org or Amazon.com. Please leave a review if you've listened or read it or whatever. And then uh, lastly, Emika and I are on the uh, Shift Network's Enneagram Global Summit. And uh, Emika's doing eight, I'm doing five, seven, and I'm doing an instinctual presentation with Mario Sakura. Uh, Mario and I have very different views, and some, some things we kind of agree on, so it might be interesting or might be terrible. How uh, is that going to work, real quick? As how did we do it? Of you, that, well, just being in such disagreement. I mean, uh, it, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was very overview, and it was very like, here's John's take, and then here's uh, Mario's take. and. What we agreed on was like, you know, trying to look at things from a point of view grounded in something scientific. Like we didn't like hash out our differences. It was like, it's very weird that they have all these people, like they're trying to cram too many people on this thing, I think. Yeah. So anyway, it was good. And I mean, I, Mario uh, actually gave me props in a way I appreciate it where he said um, that he hadn't connected that the instincts were like, it was about attention. Which, uh, uh-huh. like, he was like, oh, yeah. So, I, you know, he's he's all right. Uh, he's a pretty cool person. And even though we have different points of view. So, yeah. So, we have some links on in the show description. Uh, different for Emika and I. And if you, depending on, you know, like, who you like better, uh, sign up. <laughs> or you can just <laughs> use this different email address that you have to sign up for me as well. Yeah, <laughs> sign up for both of us. Or, I don't know, maybe Emika can split. I just, I just don't want John to feel bad that... Uh... I'm taking all the likes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I will just... hate myself forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly superior. 
So, Emika! <laughs> you're not supporting the underdog, Emika. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't believe in underdogs. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, Dark Arts Academy. I did not know that this was a, a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, Who's sign the up. underdog now? <laughs> now you guys need to figure out what your Patronus is. <laughs> Sign up uh, anygrammar.com, 19 bucks a month. We just did uh, Tyra Banks, who I did not like. Um, so, you know, we Out do of interest- curiosity for myself, what is she? She is a six. six. She, really? Six, six an interesting three. six. I would not have seen that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you can watch how we arrived at that. We also recently did, um, Joseph had the idea of roasting people on Tinder. Um, on his <laughs> Tinder, uh, awesome. people's identities are hidden, but we we had fun doing that, so you can check that out as well. John, did you get a chance to see that one yet? Not yet. I'm excited for it, though. <laughs> you know, so for for listeners, uh, it is our hundredth episode coming up. Oh yeah, that's right. And so we humbly request your uh, appraisals of us, your lavish praise, or your deep hatred and criticisms, and uh, so please call on the love line and tell us. Uh, if you like the show, if you hate it, what you hate, what you like, any kind of shit that's interesting, we'll keep on, we'll put on the episode and talk about it. Uh, so the love line, uh, three, two, three, uh, six, nine, six, zero, six, four, seven. So, and, and and what's the email address if they want to record and just send a audio, uh, B H E podcast at gmail.com. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And then also people can just, I mean, if you can write out a voice message, something you want to set it and write it out and then just read it and mm-hmm. record a voice message and you can send it on uh, Facebook messenger or you can email it to bhepodcast at gmail.com or you can even DM it on Instagram. I can still get it that way. Yeah. That's probably the best way to do it is to write it out first. Cause people lose their train of thought mid sentence. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's probably why people don't send in love lines because you got to call the number and then you got to collect your thoughts and <laughs> spill mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. out. So, that's probably the easiest way. Just write something out and record a voice note. All right, well, let's get into it. So I think what I'm going to do is, because I already did this uh, shift talk where I try to organize everything that I thought people should know about eight. And my approach to it was kind of like, when I first got into the Enneagram, I had a hard time seeing myself in eight because the material I feel like is has been infected with a lot of attachment perspectives that I don't see in myself. And and one of them being that whole protecting the underdog thing where where I, I just didn't understand where that was coming from. So my my uh aim in in the doing the shift talk was trying to share the um key aspects of what it means to be an eight that I wish was available when I came into the Enneagram. So I focused on stuff like the essential quality of eight, which is finally, I think, what really made eight clear for me and, you know, the type structure of an eight. And then just to address some of the, the things that I think the Enneagram community as a whole uh, puts on eight that, that really dehumanizes eights. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just going to give a real quick summary of kind of what I shared. I mean, pe- when the shift talk comes out, people are going to hear all of it. But I mean, basically, I think one of the things that I that made a huge impact on me in understanding eightness was really understanding like the essential quality of eight and 
that sense of deadening that comes from disconnection from essential aliveness. And so a lot of the eights are bossy and eights are confrontational and this stuff, you know, like eights aren't existing and living their day-to-day lives identifying with that kind of stuff. That's way, way beneath. And so the, the core of the eightness thing is this sense of deadening and this push for aliveness. And sort of the personality of eight is this ignition switch that is always trying to turn on. And understanding that is like, okay, this is, this is the core of what eightness is. And, and when you see eight and think, oh, that's a leader and that's someone who has no fear, this is where it's coming from. And also like to get into like how as a body type, eights are not really present. And mm-hmm. there's a sense of dissociation that comes from this pushing. Yeah. Uh, that, and <clears throat> that's a huge aspect of eightness that, that you know, made it. Is yeah, that's not there in a description. Is eights aren't really paying attention. Eights aren't really fully there. You know, we think about nines as being the types that are dissociated, but it's I'm only seeing opportunities to expand and and push. And so, it, there's a very limited range of things that I'm going to respond to or even recognize. Um, and so, there's a way that eights can. It's just that immediacy is what eights respond to respond with at all times i wanted to paint a picture of how limited um, Mm -hmm. the type structure of eights can be and then the the other aspect that was i thought was really important is the rejection piece i didn't really get into hexad versus attachment because i thought that was too much but that separateness like that need to like like eights aren't really with you but they want to be at the center of the action so it creates this the rejection um, self-amputation where I don't want to be with people, but I want to be at the center of some kind of explosion. And so um, that leverage that we talked about where eights have to bring something indispensable that can allow them to maintain their separateness, but be at the center of the action. So it's like, if I have leverage then, and you have to come see me, then I can be separate, but involved. I think uh, you're hitting something really important, which is, uh, you know, that we all recognize that five is like really separate and, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, you know, like existentially in the void. Mm -hmm. But two and eight are also keeping separation in different ways. And the the because unlike five, which is double rejection, rejecting of the the protective function and nurturing function, it's like they don't have any kind of like... um, you know, like when mountain climbers like stick in those nails or whatever to like stick into the wall. Like they don't have anything to stick into, but eight sticks into the protective function. It anchors itself into, uh, you know, autonomy and how to preserve their autonomy and how to uh, like in the expression of instinctual energies. And so as Emma is speaking to, just like nine is dissociating in a very overt way, uh, eight is dissociating, but unlike nine, which is an attachment type, they're disassociating to keep an attachment. Eight is disassociating to reject, to stay separate. And so there's this underlying separateness theme happening that really gets overlooked in the popular understandings of eight. And this is how you can get a type that is so prone to just being like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah. You know, like one, one thing that's interesting about uh, 
typing, uh, like trying to understand the Enneagram from the perspective of typing is that you start to see things about the type structures once you get into certain fields that are dominated by certain types. And one of the things that I always thought was interesting is if you look at the list of dictators in history, they're like unanimously eights. And that's a really big deal because... Hitler was a sexual four. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's a really big deal if you sit and think about it because it gives you a clue as to what the eight type structure, Mm -hmm. when left unchecked, can how it what it ends up doing and so like that that whole idea of um aids are psychologically sort of amassing leverage um what happens when that goes unchecked and and you get a situation where and it's not that and one thing i want to point out is that it's not the, the dictator thing happens because partly because people around you see that you're someone who gets results for them and so people are more likely just to hand over leverage and hand over um, power or control to someone who is getting results that are beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. And in my entire life, it, it's kind of like that whole rejection piece is if I don't need anything from you, you need something from me. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's similar to two and five, uh, eights are bring, feel like they have to bring something. And so if I'm getting results for myself and those around me, those around me start to lean on me. So now you take that and you multiply that, you know, to amplify that exponentially, you have someone that more and more people are depending on. And and because you depend on me, I'm I'm I have more leverage and eventually I have leverage on everyone. I'm the only one making all the decisions. They're okay with that. You can understand like the eight thing if you try to like make sense of why all these dictators are eight. One thing that that happens too with the dictators that feeds it is like that dissociation and the lack of attachment has eights. Uh, one thing it does is it makes eights uh, characterize people as cartoons. Okay. And so, and so you can paint a whole group of people in the position of a dictator as all this one cartoon image of something negative or deplorable or something like that and then that you know feeds the crowd that's right? true yeah 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 uh the rejection types five uh eight and two are all offering something through the lens of their dominant sensor so being mm-hmm. rejection there's a self-severing some part of themselves and so it's like how do i enter into the human world what do yes. i need to offer something i only know myself basically through a role and that role is Nurturing function, which is two, protecting function, which is eight, or I don't know what I'm doing here and everything is like bizarre and alien to me, which is five. <laughs> and then yeah. reporting back on what I've seen because it's like, what is going on? So, um, yeah, so like what eights are doing that, that, uh, that get results for people is they are being the protective function. Mm, but yes. they're being the protective function without ha- being open. Sometimes, you know, it happens unconsciously, but without actually being open to the impressions that like being identified or including the integrated nurturing function would provide. And so it's like something I see in eights all the time is like not realizing how affected by people they are so that, you know, they're, they're either like uh, feeling a connection for somebody or feeling affected or impacted and it's getting to them and their self image is like, nothing gets to me. 
and then they realize something got to them, and then they like can cut that off real fast. And mm, what that yeah. does is it really further entrenches like it entrenches the separateness. But again, it's like a separateness predicated on this expansive quality, so it can get really dehumanizing of other people really fast. Yes, I think it's interesting that eights are self-amputating and in ways dehumanizing themselves and kind of that what that's what people are doing to the type eight description in a way but by saying that you know eights can't have these doubts and fears and, and anytime you see like actual eights expressing um vulnerability or just being messy or not even really having any leadership qualities or just being fucking buffoons and idiots people are like that can't be an eight <laughs> Right. And it's like every fucking eight is this noble superhero. Right. Um, but my my point shit, I was trying to make a point about the the self amputation. I think you were getting at uh perhaps some of the suffering of eight. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um so yeah, one of the points I made is that um for a type that can have such a big impact externally, because that's really where the attention is going, is I, I want to like even to, for eight to feel like a person, they feel like they have to bring something indispensable and to, to expand that. So, um, so eights can have this large external impact on everyone around them and the world, but internally can feel so small because like being touched by anything out there is not even something I'm aware of. Like everyone needs something from me, but I don't need anything from everyone. Any anyone like that's sort of the that's kind of the baseline of what it means to be a person for an eight is like, you need something from me, but I don't need anything from you. And so it can feel very limited and small internally compared to what it might look like externally in terms of how much the eight is pushing out into the world. Like internally, it can feel very small. That's one way that like <clears throat> my phrase, uh, having a certain type in your back pocket. That's a way that eight has five in the back pocket. It's like five is this little insect or whatever, or mm -hmm. something like that. That's small, you know, very small and in some ways could be crushed. And so you're overcompensating for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I like also the sense of like, it, I mean, it's something I've been aware of, but haven't had that kind of language or concept for, but, you know, the like the, the there's there is like a smallness that um like sometimes of some eights that have like a real lack of like soulfulness. You know, <laughs> like uh, I mean, Trump's aesthetic is like profoundly, profoundly like a you know a twelve year old's idea of what success and <laughs> beauty look like. You know, his idea yeah. of beauty is very childish, and you like you'll see that in a lot of eights of their aesthetic sense or something like that is pretty undeveloped because they've just cut off this more you know that what what the nurturing function provides which is like a lot of qualities of heart and and yeah you'll see this kind like again i keep connecting things to five maybe that's because my wing and fix and stuff like this but one of the things people always talk about is eights being control freaks and i don't find that really to be true there is a control thing happening but it's not like telling everybody what to do it's like uh setting boundaries and yes. so like <laughs> With five, you know, avarice is like, oh, I'm only interested in X, Y, and Z, and so you want to talk or engage on, you know, A, B, C. Uh, I'm not, I'm not even gonna do it. I'm just gonna either like, like, tune out or leave or call you an idiot. Mm -hmm. Eight's doing the same thing. Uh, there's like really uh -huh. trying to define the terms on which they'll engage. They're they're often shutting down 
uh, different avenues where they could be touched that are just like unexplored. Yeah, that's that's a huge um, that's a huge distinction to make. I think boundaries is a huge word mm-hmm. for eight. I should explain that a little bit because it's kind of like saying similar to five. This is how I want to be, and if you're going to approach me, yeah, um, there's a limited box of what I'm willing to do, and um, <laughs> I, I'm not veering out of that box at least you're not going to make me fear i mean that's not even a possibility like every sort of interaction with other people is a negotiation is is to this is what i want this is how i exist and if you overlap with that then we can work together and so that whole idea of eights being bossy and controlling it's kind of like if you're within my box then then we're gonna have to play within a certain um I don't know, like a strict... By my rules. Yeah, you're going to have to play... It's not necessarily... I don't even look at it as a sense of rules. It's like, um, there's just a few things that I'm willing to do. And if you want to engage with me or work with me, I'm not, I'm not going to do... I'm not going to exist your way. Like, there's just certain things to me that are unacceptable that I'm not going to do. And if, if we're going to um, work together or whatever it is, then um, I can wiggle to some degree. But there's just certain things I'm not going to do. And so it's self-autonomy. It's like, you know, that's, it's about me. And uh, if you're going to come within my world, then you're going to have to play along to some degree with that. Yeah, and, and, and there's a, um, uh, like a quality of negotiation at all times. With yes. Like, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't feel just like, a, oh, we're just going to have a conversation. And, you know, it's not, <laughs> And, you know, and especially since we're contrasting it with, like, maybe, like, sixes, especially eight thick sixes or something, or, you know, some uh-huh. nines that can see themselves as eights, there is no assumption of common ground. Yes. And so, like, it is, like, the negotiation thing feels really uh, apparent, whereas, like, sometimes you'll see people of other types who think they're eights or posture toward eight trying to play like they're the negotiator big cigar in the mouth type of guy but they're really not and it's very apparent that they're like compensating yep. for not being that way whereas like it's just the air eight breathes right and they don't even know they're doing it right um and this kind of also gets into something that i wanted to bring up for not an eight that's like a big distinction that i see people mistake all the time which is i'll see people characterize eight as angry yeah you know like they'll especially like on these like christian facebook group or something where they'll talk about their eight boyfriends or eight husbands or something like this uh and characterize them as angry it's like first of all i don't get that sense from eights that they're angry uh and i don't think they're liable to identify as angry like i think that's a nine that's a fucking nine where a nine is angry and like sometimes they know it and or a six or six yeah that's true but it's yeah it'll be coming from a different place but um yeah, it you know eights have this like expansive push equality, but it's not. They they would what do people always say? They would say something like, uh, like eights express their anger and nines like repress it or something. Yeah, and it's I, just, I think that's just totally off. Yeah, it's just weird. The the kind of uh, you know similar to what people do with four and five, the kind of ways that they have to paint eight and cartoonish cartoonish ways that they have to paint the eight type structure to make it even more something to aspire to or something like that. And the ways they misinterpret, like, six or nine to say, oh, eights express their anger. Nines don't express any anger. Or, you know, sixes are afraid of confrontation and they seek security. 
if you're someone who confronts other people, then you're an eight. It's like their sixes are more likely to be to be outwardly tough than you would see eights. I think eights more often fly under the radar because they're generally minding their own business. They're not <laughs> going and starting shit with anybody. Like you're not eights are just about their shit. And it's usually sixes that are like wearing that chip on their shoulder of I'm tough. No one can no one can do this. Like eights already know that they have autonomy. Mm-hmm. Like, they're already in they their corner doing yeah, they're already in their corner doing their thing, amassing, you know, leverage in their chosen area. It's like you, you you're not gonna rock them because you, you, to play ball with an eight, you're gonna have to negotiate with them. And they're not worried. You know, so yeah. it's like it's the sixes and the nines and that um, you know, I think look at eight, that whole toughness and strength of eight that's something to aspire to. Yeah, I mean one thing we're saying here is like with six and nine, there's super ego pressure to be a good person and so what they're doing with type with type eight is they're making eight into a good person is one right. we're saying yeah right exactly the point that you made david is is really good one and, and one of the things i think is a huge distinction uh and it's very clear because i mean we do hundreds of typing typings a year at this point and Eights are pretty rare. Like, you don't get that many of them. We get a couple of them a year out of hundreds of typings. Uh Uh, And one of the things that's really obvious about eights when they send in their typing videos is that they don't have any morality stake. And even that's even with eights to have, you know, Uh six fixes and all that stuff that they, there's no sense of morality in terms of hiding negative things about myself. Mm. And, you know, sixes are, provocative and uh, and sometimes aggressive types but there's that sense of i I still am expected to be a good person and i think that's where that Mm -hmm. protecting the underdog bullshit has seeped into you know because eights i mean that's that's something we can let's get into now is uh, i said this on um one of the dark arts videos is that I, i try to understand like where is the protective stuff for eight coming from if i'm really being honest and really what it is 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 um, my perspective, and this is something I came out the wound with, I thought this is the way everyone else thinks and it's not the case, is that I have my box that I live in, my, my, my box of existence, this is the stuff that I care about, and I'm not going to let anyone stop me from doing what I want to do. And so if you're in my way, I'm going to run you over. So that, that's just kind of like this is how life works. You are on your path. And if anything is in your way, you're going to run it over. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. So if I'm going in a certain direction and I make some friends, I have family, and not to say that I'm connected to everyone in my family. There's a couple of people that I like in my family. Uh, and then I have people that are heading in the same direction I am. So we have similar aims. What happens is that I now to start to see um, my friends and people that um, are with me along this path as part of me. It's mm-hmm. like an extension mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. my own psych. Mm-hmm. It's an extension of my own psychological territory. And, and, and this is where it's coming from, is that if something touches John or David or Nancy, then it touches me by extension. It means that if you can touch them, that, that means you can touch me. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to let that. I'm not going to let that happen. There's right. no way that I'm going to let you think that you can even get within one degree of separation of me. If you touch anyone within striking distance of me, I'm going to kill you. 
Absolutely. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. So is is it protecting the other dog? It's not really because it's like it's about it's me. Protecting yourself. Your yeah. It's yeah. Your it's, people. It's it's about me. Like you're not gonna touch yeah. me, and which means you're not gonna touch someone standing next to me or the person standing next to them. You know, yeah. like I'm untouchable. And if you want to find out if that's true or not, try me. But that's that's right. kind of like the way I'm looking at it. So it's not, I'm not protecting the underdog. I'm protecting myself. Right, right. Yeah, what's funny is, you know, like, so the way Emika and I became friends was, like, arguing with other people online. <laughs> and, like, so I was living in uh, Harlem, and you were visiting, I guess. And yeah. you were, like, uh, you've, you hit me up, like, hey, you want to meet up? And I always say no to everybody but for some reason like okay so we met and like you know emika in person uh like you have a you know like a very like solid presence but you're not like all these stereotypes that people make of eights of just like filling up the whole room or like dominating with your you know force or something like that you're very like you're very like you know a kind attentive you know person you know, and like meeting you, like I, I thought you were an eight, but there was always like a little bit of like, I know that so many people think they're eights, come across mm. as eight. You know, I had that like just in my back of my head of like, all right, we'll just check out this, if this guy's actually an eight. And, you know, pretty quickly it was clear you're an eight, but there are a couple moments where there have been things where something has touched one of us. And the way you go into lockdown <laughs> is extraordinary, you know, it's and epic. it's like, it's like there is a there is like some kind of hidden for hidden maybe to us or just me or other people, uh-huh. but it's it's not always clear. But like there is some point where something gets touched and it's like Emika activates, <laughs> and it is a wall, you know, like it is a wall against this thing. And there have been times when like um, especially I you know for just speaking for myself, like I've done something naive or assumed a better intention from somebody, and Emika is like this person is fucking evil and like do this, this, and this, we're going to kick it. Like we're going to lock them out, you know, like they're going to have nothing. And, you know, and it's like, it was like really, I mean, it was amazing because uh, there were ways I was vulnerable that I didn't realize I was vulnerable. And so on one hand, there is this like protective quality, but I, I recognize it as like, Oh, I'm, I'm in Emika's like family now, you know, like we're a part. And so like, you know, part of the expectation is I'm going to do the same for him in the ways that I know how. And part of it, I think, as eight, it's like, I, you know, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Emika, but, like, I know you don't expect me to do eight shit for you because I'm not going to do it right. But right, right. I can do it my four-way. Yeah, I mean, part of the thing is is I don't expect anyone to be able to do that for me because I, it feels like I'm the only one who can see this shit coming. And, it, and it's always that the case because... Um, it, like H are the ones that are sort of scanning, um, that what's the word that um, those scanning those boundaries. Like right. it seems like not every uh, what I what I feel frustrated by just with people in general, um, who aren't eights, is that they are very lax about boundaries and and just you know that awareness of you need to be aware of what people are capable of that you allow into your space like the what you allow to be able to touch you. And I need to know what anyone who becomes within striking distance of me, what they're capable of. And, you know, it's kind of like you in combat to on an untrained eye. Most people don't know when someone's about to punch. 
But if you've been like if you've been trained in combat sports, like you know, oh, that person's getting ready to punch. Like they're getting their foot in position and they're mm. punching their fist. And it feels like I'm the only one who can see that. It's like you're about to get punched in the fucking face. They're pulling the knife out and you're like, oh, they're this person's just trying to say hello. No. Right. And and so that's what it feels like. I don't expect anybody else uh, to be able to to do that for me. All I expect from the people in my life is so don't don't become a liability <laughs> to me. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's like don't like some people just like it, it, it like keep getting me mixed up into um just I guess uh vulnerable putting me in bad positions. And so I don't expect everyone to to see things the way I do. I mean just very few people I mean, it's usually the ones that are overdoing this. I just expect people not to be liabilities to me. Don't, don't, don't fuck my life up. <laughs> and so, oh, one thing I want to uh, distinguish this from is like I always get, you know, these guys that claim to be eights, like especially on the big hormone meme account when I post something about the difference between six and eight. Uh, that usually seem seem to me like sixes or eight or nines or something, but. They're very identified with the protector. They're identified with the my people thing and like, you know, my family first or whatever. And so how like what's another way we can distinguish this like sense of all right, like you're in my my protective zone with eight versus the sixes, you know, their version of my people. Okay. Even the word underdog, that is tapping into some moral goodness type yes. shit. Right. I don't think any eight is going to relate to. I mean, of course, you've got people who always reference Martin Luther King. Oh, what about Martin Luther King? Okay. <laughs> Mar- Martin Luther King was a black man. <laughs> okay? Like, it's not like he was going after. It wasn't like Martin Luther King was a white man who cre- created a whole civil rights movement for black people. Okay? Right. Like, it's, right. it's, it's, it's something that um, was beneficial to himself first. And, of course, eights are... Uh, psychologically expansive and so that can just expand out into the world and become a whole movement same way with Hitler mm-hmm. that started didn't start out with I'm gonna it started with the self first of all and it just expands yeah. from there uh, yeah. the way I've been thinking about it is just psychological territory that that's the it I'm I have mm-hmm. a box and you know if you are part of it then like there's a box that I can't be touched I can't be touched and so it's kind of like protective of that my psychological territory and so i i don't know if that makes enough of a distinction from what sixes are doing because um there's a sense of like my gang my my group um that really gets more with into like this sense of togetherness that isn't Mm -hmm. happening with eights well and i think the much more conscious identification with like protecting my people like, I think that, like, what we're speaking to with eight, it happens much more instinctively. It happens much more, yes, you know, uh, on the body level because it's a body phenomenon. Whereas with the six, there is this, there's more uh, self-image and consciousness involved with their role. And, there's more and righteousness should. And, and, yes, righteousness yeah. and goodness, as opposed to eight is, like, just animal justice or whatever right i don't know if this is going to be fleshed out enough but i saw a dune with alexandra and courtney and afterwards we were talking about how like that paul atreides character is a nine 
and how there are all these, you know, nine, like almost every hero's journey story is a nine, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. waking up to yep. their value and their potential and their individuality. Mm-hmm. And they have to like make their own choices rather than being like, you know, the prince or the farm boy or the, the you know, hobbit thing or whatever, <laughs> or the Harry Potter boy or whatever. And they have to like own their value. They get a wand or a lightsaber or a dagger, you know, this whole thing about their... And that's the move to three also is then then they at the end of the journey they get crowned and they're the star in some right. way or they become yeah. the, the Jedi or the pro- prophet or the messiah or the whatever, the special <laughs> boy. Um <laughs> and, or girl. Um but with the eight, like and and you know, I, tell me what you guys think, but like one like I always think uh you know, I'm obsessed with Wolverine, of course. Like that's been my lifelong hero archetype character who uh, is an eight. And like one of the things I see in these, like especially like maybe story arcs of hexad types is where the, the attachment types waking up, it's like waking up to their own value and their own capacity and to be able to like be a focal point where it's like the hexad types, it's like a, usually it's like some kind of archetypal story of having to give a shit about something. Yes. <laughs> you know, like Wolverine, what I always liked about him is that he is already like a powerful character. He already like is very narcissistic and he's already very self-focused and kind of sociopathic. And his whole arc and journey is like learning to care about people mm-hmm. and learning to be part of like the X-Men is like his ex- like extended family unit kind of a thing. And, you know, f- like, finding a place with other people uh it's it's a journey of like basically humility whereas like a lot of the attachment types um you know maybe three is modified with this a little bit but it's like at least for six and nine it's like growing into being the special one who can do it who can Mm. wield the magic who can individuate who can do whatever that's huge and i I can't stress enough how much I think the, at least in my own eight journey and my dad's an eight and I have a sister who's an eight and uh, finding your own sense of humanity mm-hmm. where it's like giving a fuck about other people or making space for other people to fit within your box. And I think the Enneagram has been this tool for me to understand people and to empathize with people. Cause I mean, before the Enneagram and when I was a lot younger, I just, I, I mean, I'm already, I'm, I'm already a dick. I already know that. Like, <laughs> I was like such a fucking dick because I didn't have any awareness of all the different ways that people could be that could also mm. be valid to them. So it's kind of like, why are you so fucking stupid? You know, why are you so fucking? And I'd say that to people to their faces, because like, why are you such an? Why aren't you able to see this? Or you know, just like my view on the world and the way things are. I couldn't, I was so limited in, 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 in my empathy for how other people could be like discovering the Enneagram and discovering typology and all these like, oh, there's equally valid, but opposite ways that people can be is helped me to see other people's humanity. And that's, that's, I mean, I don't think people really understand the inherent separateness that is, you know, that's what kind of attachment types are struggling with, with types like four or five and eight, um, or even just hexad in general, just not seeing how not human or not giving a fuck about what's going on for other people, those types can be. Mm-hmm. Nancy, mm-hmm. are we triggering your mom trauma? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I have a, 
I have, I think my best friend is an eight wing nine. Um, so I'm trying to frame a lot of this based on our interactions instead of my interactions with my mom, because when I do that, I get really angry. Um, and I hold a lot of anger towards eights because of her, but <sighs> why, why is it what, I mean, not to get too much into it. Oh no, you used to, we can get into it. <laughs> There's there's just this um, inflexibility around the way to do things, but it's almost hypocritical sometimes because I feel like if an eight changes their mind about something, they're like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, like this is fine now, <laughs> but you can never change an eight's mind, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and that fucking pisses me off because, you know, you're going to you're going to sit there on your high horse and tell me that you're right and you know everything. And then uh, later on, you're going to be like, oh, well, um, now I know everything and this is right. But you're never going to go back and say that you were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why? Why would you go back and do that? <laughs> no apology. Yeah. Never an apology. Yeah. No, I literally like <clears throat> this happened last week. I uh, sat at my, my mom and I were sitting down for coffee and I literally said, I need you to say, I am sorry for blank, full stop. She said, I am sorry for blank, but <laughs> I said it one more time and I asked her to say it one more time and she said, I am sorry, but and she like, I could feel, I could feel the um, inner uh, just like push against that just the inability to set aside her own personal uh, right, righteousness mm -hmm. to um, say, I'm sorry, even if I don't think I'm sorry, or even if I don't think it's fair that you want me to be sorry, I am sorry. That gets at one of my themes around the gut, which is knowingness in the body. Mm -hmm. it's a sense of knowing the way things should be the way things are that is nonverbal and mm -hmm. so because it's nonverbal it's that much more of a fact in the gut types body mm -hmm. so it's so incredibly immovable and i mean you mm -hmm. even see it with nines nines do it a different way but it's more right. obvious and overt with eights and ones that they are right mm -hmm. and that's and why it's so important to for all of the types right but you know if we're speaking in just eight terms it's so important for them to do work around feeling like what's going on in their body and naming it i feel like mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. if you have that ability you can go Yep, that's what I'm feeling. But in this moment, that's not helpful. Or yep, that's what I'm feeling. And in this moment, it is helpful. You get to have a bit of more of a choice about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Because uh, yeah, one of the things I mean that is coming up through this is the way in which eights can just like uh, destroy their own lives or like the things that are yeah. meaningful in an eight's life because it's mm. like you get the short-term benefit of. Uh, being on lockdown and protected and uh you know whatever but it really costs like relationships and like even if you have uh a lot of interaction like there there can be like absolutely no trust because uh the person will not feel seen at all and then not feel appreciated and then not feel like they're a person to date mm -hmm. and so the eight can still like especially like a social eight can just be 
surrounded by people, but nobody has any actual relationship with the social aid. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's huge. Um, yeah, I, my dad is a social aid, and it's that was my mom. <laughs> just weird growing up because there's as a boy, I have so many vivid memories of my dad. He was a college professor, like. And he's always been like a big man on campus. Like, you know, people knew him and, and he was important. And it was very obvious to me growing up that my, my dad was an important person to a lot of people. But it, and, you know, people just loved him out there. But at home, it was, uh, he was a tyrant. And um, just, I didn't, didn't feel like I had any relationship to him. And, and so it was just weird to see this dichotomy of people just glamming onto my dad out there. But I felt like they don't actually know him, and I don't even know him. I didn't know anything about him, but people seem to like him. And so it, it, can, it can be this thing where, um, especially for, like, a social aid, someone who can just be so in, in the middle of what's happening with people, but you don't actually have a real connection to them. And that's part of the thing with the wall with AIDS. I've seen people come over to the house that, my, that didn't really know my, my dad who were trying to get to know him for whatever reason and they would they would just sit there and he would just ignore them completely and and, you know just this is a social type too just so there's this huge wall where i mean i i don't really know very many personal details about my dad Uh, and there are a lot of people who have connections to him who uh respect him but probably don't really know anything about him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think social aides know that they do that either because, or well, I mean, some probably do, right? But for the most part, they aren't aware that they're, because the social aides I've met are very, like, love people, love being around people, outgoing, and they wouldn't view themselves as not having close friends. Right. Or not right. opening up. But that's 100% what they're doing. Right. Does that make well- sense? They can sometimes sense like the people's reliance on them. They'll mistake for intimacy or they'll mistake just, yeah, people's like kind of neediness. Like sometimes people confide in them and they might feel like that's closeness. There's a lot of things that like uh, even a high social eight will think equals connection or, and, and on some level they know that it's not, and they know that they're cut off from something. And that's why the pushing compensates because it's like I'm cut off. So I push and I push and I push. But often social aides are unaware of to the extent that they're kind of like the godfather in the in the relationships they're in. You know that that there's an exchange, that there is a a role, <laughs> and that it is actually very impersonal. Uh, there's just not a shared humanity sometimes. Yeah, and that's I think that's a huge distinction to look at the reason why so many uh, attachment types are nine, sixes, and threes. Mistype is eight. For different reasons and just that sense of i don't think people understand to the extent of how cut off eights are as a baseline not even like trying to be cut off it's like this is what it means to be a person is like i'm not with you but i have to be at the center of things somehow and yeah. so you get this sort of um anti-social way that eights put themselves at the center of things uh by you know with stirring leverage yeah stirring things up um, but you you don't actually get any way in, any real personal way into the eight. Mm-hmm. And sorry to interrupt you, Nancy, but you're fine. There, is, but your thing about the not not forget, not uh, actually apologizing, that is actually like a really powerful tool for an eight. 
because to actually experience remorse uh, and to actually like try to perceive outside of how they think the interaction went or interactions go, you know, <laughs> like like that could be a real path for eights to grow is to like actually like apologize and just like leave it at that. I thought that was a really mm -hmm. good uh, thing you narrowed in. Yeah, I'm sorry, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's always a but. <laughs> But I'm going to negate this apology that I just started off with. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's just, it, it just struck me as I was sitting there how, how much of a body moment that was. Like, it was just, like, overpowering. I could feel it, what was going on. I was like, I know exactly what's happening right now. And you have no idea, which is very odd. <laughs> Part of it is just kind of like, I, I, and the A could see that they were wrong and think, you know, maybe I should apologize, but if it's it's not gonna happen if they want me to do it right now it's like mm -hmm. i have, I have to find it, you know i have to find it within myself and if i bring the apology to you that's one thing but right. if you're demanding mm -hmm. an apology from me on principle i'm gonna i'm gonna upset you I, mean, <laughs> right, set, exactly. I have to set the terms i have to set the terms exactly right. setting and the terms is a big deal for right yeah yeah and i I think what I struggle with the most with eights is just that, like I said, that inflexibility because I am so very flexible, um, not in good ways, right? I'm not laid back. Let's be real here. <laughs> um, but when I see someone so inflexible, it's like you selfish prick. <laughs> Yeah, like I mean, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I see that and I just want to like smack them in the face and be like, fucking piece of shit. Like just just bend. Just bend slightly. Yeah, I mean I think it's people want to make the type eight into uh a, a good person. And, and one of the things that's really upset me sometimes is is people mistyping as eights uh when presented with distinctions about what eight is start to say that they've evolved and healthy. <laughs> I'm, health I'm healthy. Eight. Eight. Yeah, I'm no, healthy. Nothing pisses me off more than to hear that because what they're saying in response to me indirectly is that I am a bad person. I am a, a unhealthy. Unevolved. Unevolved. I don't disagree with them, but that coming from them as, as a form of trying to uh, reframe eight into something that it is really fucking pisses me off because it's you know, like it's some nine or some six who's like, well, I'm a good person with good intentions and I protect the underdog and I, I do this. It's like, you know, it, 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 these type structures are neutral mm -hmm. and they don't make anyone better. And that's one thing. One thing no. I see with like a lot of sixes who get into the Enneagram and identify as eight, they get a tattoo of eight on their arm. And it's like <laughs> one, oh of the most, one of the most disgusting displays <laughs> of not understanding the Enneagram that you would identify with the type and feel so good about it that you would put it on your body as, <laughs> in the form of a tattoo. Yeah, or yeah. even better, that you would go as far as to start an entire podcast completely focused on your identification with type eight. These God. are examples of extreme not eight behavior. First of all, yeah. eights are not, I, I, part of that separation uh, that eights are identified with is the idea that there's a type that describes me. I would not take pride in confining mm. myself yeah. to a category. Mm. That is, you know, every you know, yeah. person yeah. in these Enneagram groups who are patting themselves on the back for being type eight or whatever. If you're if you feel proud about that category, that is the most 
non psychologically expansive thing that you can yeah. identify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's like the, it's, it's like the not a poor thing. Exactly. Similarly. Yeah. No, it's it's the same thing where people are always like, if I'm like, well, this this thing that you're you know is, that you're posting is like heavy, not four. You go, oh, it's because uh, you're a four and you just want to be special and unique. And I'm like, like part of why I got obsessed with the Enneagram was learning I was a four. Because I was like, I can't, I can't believe like I fit something that's a box exactly. so well, and I don't like like always. Then people uh, literally have called me a sociopath because when people ask me what my type <laughs> is online, I say I'm a sexual nine. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, you know, because they'll just think if I point out a distinction between four and anything else, because I'm just trying to be special with four, and it's like the whole uh, part of I think what's going on there is that, like, let's say you identify with four or you identify with eight, there's kind of, like, an attachment, uh, like, communicating where I'm at so you can meet me where I'm at thing. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's going on there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think this echolocation thing that's happening on online, it, the people take their identification so personally uh, that they wear as a badge. The whole phenomenon of wearing your type as a, a ba social badge of identity is an attachment thing. And I what I find a lot of times with eights, I mean, there are eights that are interested in typology and get identified with stuff and get really upset or, or whatever else. But there's always going to still be this sense where me is separate from my type. And a lot of eights don't even play the game or they'll may get typed or they'll I decide on a type and they'll move on. It, like there's not a much juice for them mm -hmm. in in the identification game with this is me. Like because the the type structure of eight is so expansive how could i possibly be contained in this type description that that feels so limiting to the type eight personality like an eight will take their personality and go focus on something much bigger or that could become very big a type is very small it's very limited mm -hmm. so uh, one thing. <laughs> Darth Vader is with us. <laughs> Was it loud? Yeah. <laughs> Was it loud? For a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. So, so uh, a piece of this is uh, I'm I'm wondering how we can distinguish an eight fixer from a not an eight fixer because that's another thing oh, yeah. that happens a lot. Mm. It's just like if I'm if like I think if I'm tough or direct or if I'm whatever that makes me an eight fixer. Uh, okay. I I think one of the things that I've said about eight fix in general is, is that it it gives permission whatever you've got going on to just let it fly immediacy. <laughs> it just yeah whatever like okay John's a four wing five with the five fix his eight fix just like for example John would start Full talking permission about, to be that. Yeah, like he'll take his Egypt stuff and just go on a fucking <laughs> ten minute rant, and uh, you know he's learned to check in. Are you with me? But yeah, before, but that's a learned skill, right? Be before John would just go. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is my ride. <laughs> you know, it's, and so like the eight. Anyone who has an eight fix is is uh yeah they're gonna take you for a ride because they're whatever it is that they've got going on that eight fix just gives it permission to let it fly. Yeah, that's uh something Alexandra has pointed out is like uh like my lustfulness, and um I just didn't you know I can't I have the four or five self image of kind of being like barely here but like 
mm-hmm. I kind of like will push to escalate things all the time or like just another drink or another, you know, like, like, uh, all right, we're going to hit this place and this place, like dancing or whatever. You know, it's like we're going to push it here. We're going to keep going here. And, and there's this sort of um, like kind of carried away by my own momentum thing that I do that, uh, yeah, I don't know if one fixers or nine fixers uh, do that. They don't. It's yeah, that, yeah. It's just it's a different thing with uh, any eight fix. It's kind of like the foot's always on the gas pedal, always yeah. looking for an opportunities to step on the gas. That's what it feels like to me, anyway. Just um, ready to go, like and you know one fi- one fix can be it's it's assertive in a different way, but there's mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. yeah, like that sense of we have to find a right, you know, that in sense in the body, there's a right way to do things. That sense of alignment. Um, and so it's, it's assertiveness in a different way. Whereas aid is just kind of like a blunt force push, um, more, 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 you know, like whatever avenues we have to escalate things, take it to the next level. That's what aid fix is going to do. Yeah. My, my good friend, uh, is a one and seven fix for the three wing and he's a bartender. And so like he will do stuff like if he feels offended by a customer, like he hates bartending and he'll throw them out and he'll be really uh, indignant and like you know I kind of like oh, what was that about you know like there's this idea that like sometimes that that having an eight fix means you just fly off the handle right and uh, like often because that separateness thing is there it doesn't feel like a big deal when some something happens sometimes like, you're not getting as hooked by a lot of things yeah I'm not getting as hooked and so like sometimes my friend uh, Brant can like he'll he will just like somebody was like fucking rude to him or like he just lost his patience with somebody and he's not like a big guy but he will get in their face and throw them out of the bar and make it a thing because his one is sense of like literally decorum basically like uh-huh. gets offended and it's but that that distinction that you made Amica is like the ready to go thing uh, and it's different than a seven fix that there's like a ready to go, uh, you know, I get, I get overwhelmed and tired and stuff like this, but what I've seen with eight fixers is that there's this sort of like, um, ready to go all in kind of thing that, ha- that happens like, uh, and I don't know how to kind of put more body around that. It's maybe trusting your animal responses. Yeah. yeah Cause it's not like a seven fix thing where a seven is like, I will, it's like, it's not as anticipatory as a seven fix. Yeah. Like, I'll see my, like, seven fixers be down for something or, or ready for something. But there's a lot of, this is going to be great. Yes. Or this is, like, you can see the excitement before. Whereas uh-huh. I think with an eight fixer, they just kind of, like, they, they push into something. Yeah, it's, I'm trying to find the right wording for it. Because it's not just, like, aggression. But no, it's not, yeah, no, it's no. blunt. It, yeah, it, it feels like, I guess in the body with eight, there is uh, an expectation that there's always going to be action and or in creating action or expecting action. And um, because it's reactive, there's this chaotic piece to it where this is going to be something unexpected. Um, I don't know if that's getting at it, but uh, there's something I, there. I don't fully understand what the difference between that and an eight is. Oh, the eight fix versus eight? Yeah, like what you're describing just kind of sounds like an eight to me. Well, I I think we're trying to get at uh people who have an eight how do you make the distinction between people who have an eight fix versus 
people who don't, who might have other aggressive tendencies? Like, how do you pinpoint what makes someone have an eight fix versus not? Oh, okay. So you're not technically saying an eight fix versus an eight. You're saying an eight fix versus a not eight fix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how okay. We, okay. Because yeah, I was like, like, this all sounds the same. I don't know what you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is the same. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to mistake me for an eight by any means. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. But, like, I mean, given if there's, like, a, a delivery system for 4.5-ness, it's not going to come through a 1-ish uh-huh. precision filter, and it's not going to come through a 9, like, dark fog. It's going to come through kind of a blunt sort of way. And, and you know, even, um, yeah, like Emika said about if I, like, get hyped on something like oh, Egypt or whatever the fuck it is, I just kind of go off. And just kinda, go off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what am I what am I noticing with people who have uh eight fixes? It it just feels like such a different universe from the other nine and one fixes. Like it feels like with nine there's this kind of needing permission to really fully take up space in in the gut in the body center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with one there's this sense of I've got to fit within a narrow set of requirements and and um uh, of what I think the right way to be is. And what I feel with eight is just like swagger that I'm just going to let myself be whatever it is that I am right now. And yeah. I mean, that's, you can say that about eight core eights in general. It's like whatever, what you see is what you get. And so with an eight fix, it's kind of like who I am. This is it. This is, this is it. I'm, I'm not holding back. I'm going to turn the volume up. I've got no shame. Here it is. One fix is also kind of like, it's got a teacher element. It's like, showing you how things should be done and how people should be conducting themselves. I mean, you can even see it like with Prince, weirdly yes. enough, like with yes. 471, he's like, you know, you're doing it wrong and you need to know that you're wrong. And, and it's mm-hmm. got a, yeah, it's, it's pedantic. It doesn't have that blunt force trauma thing of eight or the just steamroller thing of eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is that people often just assume a one fixer is going to be like really buttoned up and uptight, and uh, you know, like the friend I was speaking to is not like he's got his uptight areas, but he does not come across that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's important not to get too caught up in like what a one fix uh, stereotype is. Like, like for bo- both for the eight fix, it's like it's not just mistaking expressions of aggression as an eight fix. And and not exp- not not uh, interpreting all one fixers as just being like really uptight or teacherly or something you know or like um, librarians or something like that you uh-huh. know, like <laughs> like uh, Jamira who was here for the five call a long time ago has a one fix and yep. there's a precision there but man she does not come across as like uptight she does not come across as um prudish or anything like that like she's you know anyways there's Mm -hmm. it's it's just i think a lot of the work of learning the enneagram is like unpacking all the stereotypes that just immediately pile up as soon as you hear about a one or a two or a three or whatever Mm -hmm. and because we're uh running out of time i want to hit just any of the uh misconceptions that we need uh, that we've seen so often with eights that come up all the time on these forums and um on instagram or whatever and one of the ones that i i wanted to emphasize on the shift call is that you know eights are self-amputating and and in in some ways dehumanizing themselves and 
people are also doing that to the description and mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. they're not really seeing the humanness of what eights are to the point where when people who are actually eights appear, people are like, that person can't be an eight because they actually expressed vulnerable feelings. And, and <laughs> you know, eights are going to do, they're human beings just like anyone else. It's, and when eights do vulnerability, they're going to actually do it. You know, like yes. eight, they're going to go all in. Uh-huh. And so when sometimes people see these big displays from eights of emotionality and they think, well, that's not, that's not eight. It's like, uh. that's, that, that's a human being. And, you know, <laughs> I it's thought like, you were a robot, <laughs> you know? So it's like this thing of this protector boss, uh, idea that people have of eights is, it's not realistic. It's not, that's not what a human being or this thing that even though we're talking about how eights don't give and, um, have issues apologizing, some eights might do that. Doesn't mean right. that they're, you know, that they're not incapable of doing that. It's just like there's a type structure and then there's a human being who's in that type structure. And so that's one of the things I wanted to emphasize is like eights aren't superheroes. They're not here to protect you. They're not here to like lead you. Like an eights are just initiating. This has happens to someone who's in their box and they're initiating. Right. It doesn't mean that they're gonna be smart or have everyone's best interest in mind. They're eights who are fucking idiots. I don't know anything about anything. Don't have good leadership skills. Just because you're an eight doesn't make you a good leader. Right. You know? And right. so they're just looking at, uh, stop idealizing eights. And if you're identifying with this type because it, it makes you feel strong, that is the definition of not strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point because, uh, like, even though we, like, you know, we're talking, in a, you know, very much about type structure and we're talking very much about like this disconnect from the nurturing function like a lot of eights especially eight women uh, are very emotionally expressive and Uh can be very warm they can be very friendly they can be very effusive they they don't come across as big and scary and i mean maybe some do but it's like generally like you know they're human beings and that's a phenomenon i've observed throughout the whole Enneagram is that kind of like what the type does to themselves, people do to the description of that type. So like four over idealizes their own individuality. So everybody identifies with four and gets all like, I'm special because I'm a four. It's like, that's what kind of fours do. <laughs> nines neglect themselves. And so people go, nines are sleepy and uh, that's it. You know, like they, they, they get <laughs> that's overlooked. That's all they are. And, um, you know, f- threes fear being fraudulent, and so then people are like, threes are fraudulent. And then eights go, I'm really strong, uh, and I don't have this, these kind of vulnerabilities, and then that's what people project onto them. They project an ego ideal. So, like, a, I, I, an ego that is an ideal ego, meaning invulnerable and not insecure, but, like, eights are very human. Uh, you know, I have friends who are eights. Like, we've had, you know, eight women on this call, on, on these podcasts that are uh, very vulnerable and sensitive and have a very... Uh-huh wide-ranging emotional life and everything like that so you know getting getting clear on how the type structural phenomenon that we've been speaking to can be uh can operate within a, in a vulnerable sensitive human being it's really important to understand and we have to go to these like examples of dictators and things like that to start to exaggerate something so that we can come back to uh, you know the seeds of it that are in da- you know in daily life and the, the eights that you like you know share a bathroom with or whatever. Yeah, it, it's 
you know, like what eight is in the average person. Like you, you might work with an eight. It doesn't mean that they are in a leadership position. There are lots right. of eights who will never be in a leadership position because maybe they don't even have it in them to be a good leader. And so this idealization of uh, eights as a boss and, and um, you know, like eights are going to, because they're assertive types and, and if they have any sort of ability, they, they would naturally end up in, in a position like that. But to, to think that that everyone has that in them is just not accurate because there's the person and then there's a the type structure and you can be, uh, you can, there's a full range of, you know, ways that that can show up. You can have a Hitler, you can have uh, a Martin Luther King Jr. Or you can have a Charles Manson, you know, like you get the full range of what a person can be within a type structure, but it's just getting clear when people come to the Enneagram, you know, what does this type structure really mean? And besides like how it makes you feel and some people like to feel that they're strong and you know like sixes and nines who might um identify with eight because it's a, a self a form of self-empowerment and that's something that i see eights aren't mm-hmm. doing that eights eights kind of like have to discover how much they're doing the unconscious um invulnerable thing i mean it's it, it's not an external kind of like Oh, I'm trying to be strong. Like it, right. everyone is, every eight assumes that everyone is doing the same thing, that everyone is capable <laughs> and everyone is separate. That's what eights assume. So there's not much juice there. But, but very unconsciously. The, yeah, it, it, there's not much juice there in the whole strength. I'm strong. You know, it's also like you don't just get uh, like Hitler's and uh, Charles Manson's and all these other times, you know, you get like this fucking checkout counter girl, you know yes. what I mean? You get, yeah. you get like totally. if somebody's like dad or, you know, mom or sister or whatever, you know, you get like the, like there's eights just everywhere, you know, like, I mean, not, right. not everywhere in the sense that they're common, but they're just in all walks of life and uh-huh. uh, the need to Go glamorize ahead. is just, you know, We're, get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, we've had eights who identified with being super withdrawn because they, they had some kind of, you know, illness or whatever, and, and they didn't have to do much. They're eights that are just homebodies. Mm-hmm. They go to work mm-hmm. every day. Like, my sister is an example of an, an mm-hmm. eight who's, who's, who's uh, I mean, her world's pretty small because she's got her work, and she's just kind of, like, in her own box living her life. That's the thing about eights is, like, most eights are just minding their own business. And it's <laughs> really... To really like see that anger and see that sort of um, chaotic aspect, you're really gonna have to get in their box. You're really gonna have to, and they're just assuming that everyone else is minding their own business. And so, you, unless you're standing in the way of an eight's uh, path, they're not gonna have any reason to knock up against you. They're not even noticing you. They're not even paying attention to you. You know, that's just kind of what it is. Like eights aren't attachment types. They're kind of like in their own little corner in their box doing their thing. And if you're involved, then yeah, you're going to see that. But if you're not involved, they're not even paying attention to you. Right. You know, another thing I want to bring up before we stop this is, uh, you know, we are not saying that there are these mistakes or problems around understanding eight because of sixes and nines or something. And it's not that all six nines are just trying to feel good about themselves and they identify with eight. I think it's very, very hard for, for to me, my, a lot of my criticisms, I'll go back to, like, Enneagram teachers and authors. Yeah. And yes. it is, a, like, Enneagram is so unconscious and so difficult that it requires a lot of time. So it's, like, it's not really, 
I mean, with some exceptions, it's not really people's fault that the descriptions are bad because these are so unconscious, these structures. It uh -huh. takes so much trial and error and so much really specialized learning to kind of come to terms with. So, like, I think it's been hard for authors and teachers and whatever to talk about an eight that isn't full of attachment stuff. Yes. Just because mm -hmm. attachment is such a strong, just such a ubiquitous force. Yeah. Um, that, you know, so we're not trying to say, like, oh, if you think you're an eight, it's because you're trying to be strong or trying to be Yeah, popular. yeah. Or you're an idiot or something. You're an idiot. Yeah, no. no <laughs> and a we lot blame of, you? No, we, we we blame that the Enneagram is what it is. and But also I do, you know, you guys know that I do blame some authors. <laughs> no. oh, certain sure. authors that yes. will remain oh. named. Yeah. <laughs> no, I blame certain authors and, yeah, anyway, yeah. So that that's, that's something I think is really important mm -hmm. is that it's very hard to, like, if you don't know a lot of eights, because you know, most people don't know too many eights, you're right. trying to describe an eight. All right, like that person seems like an eight, but maybe this person's an eight, and then what they have in common, maybe one's actually an attachment type versus an actual eight. You're trying to distinguish. Maybe they have an attachment fix. What's eight versus fix? You know, that's really hard. So, um, I mean, part of this whole podcast is just that we're all annoyed with the Enneagram <laughs> at large and trying to get clearer about it because we're so frustrated with uh, the stuff that's out there. So, anyway, just put that in the yeah. I think yeah. it's it's always really easy to put these types of just personalities into a cartoon and just call it a day. And I think mm -hmm. that's what yeah. a lot of people have done. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's frustrating uh for someone who's really trying to understand, especially let's just say if you are someone who is an eight or you know, someone who is like a five or a four. Um, if you were to come into the Enneagram and to see some of these descriptions and the way that people identify with these types and, you know, this feedback loop of people identifying with the wrong type and then taking their personal experiences and putting that into um, the type, it can get really confusing and it can get really hard to even find your type. And, you know, I don't think it should have take, took, taken me as long as it did. It didn't take me that long, but still, like, I think the material should be clear enough that I should have been able to see oh yeah that uh, that's me i'm doing that eight thing there but when i saw the descriptions i was like ill that's that's literally what i thought like that's not i don't do that that's feels mm. cartoonish it feels like that's not even a real person um and i'm a real person and and so i was like i'm just a fun guy i'm a seven <laughs> so i completely sidestepped it and my sister who is an eight had the same initial reaction to, you know, most eight descriptions. And so I feel like it's just, you know, the work that we're doing, it hopefully is to pull the curtain back and show people like, this is what the type structure is. And it doesn't matter what type it is. If you're idealizing it, if you're coming away from it, from coming at it from the perspective of this makes you feel good, it's probably the wrong type. Yeah, and, you know, I wonder, Emeka, if maybe you identified initially with seven from the kind of me-first quality of seven. You know, oh, yeah. Like, because, yeah, like, most, a lot of eight stuff is full of the attachment, like, protector, leader type. Yeah, I didn't see myself as, uh, I mean, like, I would barely give a fuck about people. Like, the Enneagram right. has been a pathway for me to find different ways to empathize with people. Uh, so the type seven way of being just seemed... That I, I can I can identify with that, and so there it just seemed like oh an eight is someone who looks out for for the underdog. I was like, I'm barely looking out for anybody. Like you know, I'm looking out after after I'm looking after people who are kind of in my box, 
but caring about people is something that I've had to really work on. And um, I don't think people really fully understand how separate AIDS can feel, even from themselves. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a huge part of it. It's like most AIDS are seem like might seem big externally, but internally there's really a lot of disconnection from people Mm -hmm. in general. And it's, and something I've spoken to here being in, you know, in a relationship where I'm with the love of my life and, and that feeling of severing, even from what's happening where I can't, I mean, it's still something that, comes up every now and then where I don't feel that connection. I can feel so separate from everyone and everything that it's hard for me to believe that what I'm experiencing, a love, is actually happening to me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't see that in any description. Like, just that sense of separation that hates feel, even from themselves and from everyone around them. It's a body type of dissociation. Yes. Yeah, that's really key. All right. But yeah, I think we hit on some good stuff there. Yeah, I think that was really good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, we'll see how many uh, fucking sixes, or, you know, tough guy sixes we piss off with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should be I, entertaining. I had my, my friend, uh, Ben, who I think I've told you guys about. He visited, like, we were friends in college, and he's a, he's a six, eight, three. Okay. And I realized, like, in college, I thought he was social sexual. I realized now he's sexual oppressed. Um, and he's gone through a whole... F- fucking journey but um yeah he was saying that um or it was, it was a really beautiful thing he said where he he like realized he'd been playing this like tough guy thing for a long time mm-hmm. and then he said you know what now what comes to me is i just realized like i'm like a knight that just like i am ready to serve and i always have this image in my mind of being like the knight appointed by the king to do something mm. he's like i've tried to resist that for so long and now I realize, like, I just have to find the right thing to serve. And I was like, yeah. that was, like, really powerful and beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's re- interesting because it's, uh, I feel like sixes can, are a lot more identified with being tough than eights are. And, and that sense of needing a noble enough cause to serve is what's behind this protect the underdog thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, because eights, eights. Eights are like, I am the cause. It's whatever the fuck I decide to do. (laughs) And it's like, that's what ends up happening is eventually it blows itself up into some external cause that some six goes and gives their life on some battlefield because some selfish ass eight somewhere, you know, eights aren't going to be the ones on the front lines. It's just not going to, it's not going to work out that way. (laughs) Right. Right, it's right. not going to work that way. But it's the sixes that are going to really get into the cause and be like, no, it's my responsibility to do, uh-huh. uh, to, to go and fight this battle. <laughs> it might be it might be a good future episode to do. Uh, hashtag you are a six. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and talk about this in detail, you know, and like this sense of like of toughness and where it comes from, not as like a, oh, you're just trying to be tough kind of thing. Because I think that can be really hard for people to like, swallow but to like really articulate what is toughness and why does it matter like the fierceness or or feisty all that kind of shit like what's it actually what's the purpose and point of it and you know kind of like get around people's uh self-judgment about like like that they can recognize that yeah i do want to be tough Mm -hmm. like that's a thing i think that um people identifying with eight that aren't eights is like they do want to be tough and they know it and they think, oh, it's got to be just because like as an eight, I am tough rather than 
Like I think sometimes uh-huh. it gets framed with six as it's a compensation for how how fearful and cowardly they are. Oh. And that can be true, but there's got there's this other no. thing that has to come in that people have to understand about six that actually is brave. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like my experience in six, <laughs> that they're super tough. Like in some ways, yes, I think tougher than eights. Like attachment is tough as fuck. Yeah, like I was that's. Gonna that, say, I think I personally think attachment is the toughest, but hey, you know. No, no, just... you're right. Like you know the the sense of self martyrdom and the willingness to stick through it. That's just not eights aren't doing that. I mean, there are some really tough eights out there, and and um, that sense of uh, being able to s- s- delete portions of re- reality, uh, delete their own fear, and delete their own pain. Um, but what I see with with attachment is the sense of responsibility, or the sense of I have a goal, and it's a worthy goal, and it's worth fighting for, and it's worth dying for. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. sense of toughness, as like I have my people that I'm going to protect, that that is coming from that attachment place. And I mean, there are a lot of sixes that are really tough and really brave. And I think if they could see where it's coming from, they can you know really appreciate it for what it is instead of like putting it right. on eight, which is really not as noble or um, applaudable as people make it out to be. If you right. really get acquainted with actual eight you'd be disappointed with these descriptions is what i'm saying it's like john i think you called you said you described the hexad types as kind of brittle like so they could break whereas attachment types they're bendable but they're going to snap back right Mm -hmm. exactly exactly i think that'd be really good and i kind of like redeeming you know like because i think that there's a lot of bullshit that gets in the way of people being able to like embrace being a six or embrace being a whatever uh-huh. Um, it'd be cool if like people could not see six as just like trying to be brave because they're so afraid. You know mm-hmm. that would that sucks. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. I don't find that to be very true. No. Yeah, it's I I don't feel like it's a an overcompensation. That's that's not that hasn't been. I mean, there are types that come on forums and maybe they're identifying with eight for that month and they're starting shit people and it's very obvious that they're trying to show off that they're that they're tough or people who come in and talk about how they do martial arts and how if you do uh mma or whatever then that means you're an eight or right no i mean i see like the warrior archetype being much more six than it is Uh because it's about it's usually a warrior for something you know it's like i'm gonna be a tool for something i believe in to defend something all right, well, I need to get going. Same. All right, dudes. All right. All right, bye. Okay. See you all next week. Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>